Dave, question for you. Yes. Who will save your soul? Uh, Jewel. 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 Was that the point of the song that she herself, Jewel, would save your soul? Uh, I think the point of the song was that Jewel by Sous Vide would oh. save your soul. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I see where you're going there. The, uh, if you're expecting precision, precision you know, <laughs> when you cook, yeah. that Jewel Sous Vide would save would your save soul. your soul, your proteins, your meats, your fish. All of it. The, your the pork. Trademarked visual your doneness steaks. guide. Yeah. Cook it, your food exactly the way you want it. I mean, listen, I can tell you from experience, folks. That's right. Jewel makes perfect Perfect food every time. <laughs> We're not drunk, I swear to God. I feel We're like a little it. drunk. Uh, to get your jewel, visit chefsteps.com slash jewel. Use the code homophilia to get 15 bucks off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code homophilia. Dave, how are you? You're still blushing. I'm a little. I'm a little pink in the cheek. We just recorded the interview that you are about to hear, you guys, with Karamo Brown, mm-hmm. uh, who is the culture expert from Queer Eye, of yeah. course, on Netflix. Which, if you're not watching it, stop what you're doing. Yeah, hit <clears throat> hit pause right now. Yeah. Sit in your couch, binge the entire thing. Come and, back to us. Uh, and just when you watch Karamo, just know that he has a uh, extreme now, crush on Dave Holmes. Now I think he's just a smooth talker. I don't think so. I, I think that's. I got. I think he's none a, of that. Was, and I well, felt you got to pick one. Hurt, by the way. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's very. There sweet. was a he's gorgeous. A, by a the way. lingering embrace at the end of it. Sure. Now, spoiler alert. You know, Karamo's in a long-term relationship. Yes, we I did not. Am too. What we did not crack into in this is—is is it monogamish? Is there? Uh-huh. I, I'm unclear on that. Right. So I, I'm just going to leave the door open. Is okay. there a? Is there a Dave and Karamo? Well, I mean, I guess we'll happens? find out. I guess we'll find out. We're neighbors, apparently. That's right, guys. Yeah. Just buckle up. Sparks yeah. are going to be flying. This is going to be right. the horniest interview <laughs> that you've ever heard. I'm also was, there, yeah. but I'm not part of the horniest. It was a little horniest. rated R. Yeah. Uh, how was your week? Oh, God. Uh, what a blur. Oh, I went to Cabo. Oh, what? Yes. I totally forgot. I went to Cabo. How has that been in your back pocket this entire time? I genuinely forgot. How did you not throw that right down on the table? this is what happens is like Michael will have a, a, a hiatus and he's like, I need to go somewhere really great and really like recharge and make the most of this. Yeah. And it's always at a time where I'm like, cool, I can't go. Yeah. But I don't want to take that away from you. So he goes, I fly down and meet him for literally just Saturday and Sunday. It's so yeah. stupid to fly. Like, No, it's not. Saturday morning, Cabo come back a, Sunday night. But it, jump. Yeah, it's two hours. And it was like, well, it's better than nothing. And so and it was everything. I've never been. Oh, it's great. I've been to Mexico one time, and this was in like the like early 2000s. I like drove across the border and went to Ensenada, uh-huh. and uh, this was a different experience. Yeah, this was full. You go to the resort. Sure. You'd, I mean, the margaritas are flowing. Yes. You're at the, in the pool that you where you can just swim right up to the bar, oh, and you're always arm's length from a, a chafing dish of some kind, oh, God. perhaps with a, a coconut shrimp. Yes. How how about you? How was your week? How was my week? I didn't. Uh, I didn't go. Anywhere you didn't go to Cabo. I did not go to Cabo. I went. I did go to Cabo for New Year's Eve a few years back with uh, with a a few friends. There were like three couples, and uh, and we on New Year we went for New Year's Eve. And on New Year's Eve, like our resort threw a a party, Mm -hmm. and we went to it for like five minutes. 
and it was like it was all kind of older couples and stuff, and we were like, this is this is not for us. Yeah. And so like one, somebody one one of us had bought weed from a child somewhere downtown. Oh, so scary. And so we're like, oh, let's whatever it gets done, go to the beach. And so we did, and we're like, we'll just ring in the new year in silence on a Cabo beach with <laughs> like with the resort party sort of happening, you know, glasses tinkling right. off in the distance. And so we did that, and we sat there, and we're just like high on the beach, and it's like you know, and we can hear people counting down, and we're just like, this is the most beautiful, serene moment. We're gonna mm. be friends forever. And it's like three, two, one, yay! And what we didn't realize because it was dark on the beach was we had ducked under like a, a, a safety barricade to get out oh, to God. get like sort of close to yeah, the waves. Yeah. And what was all around us was the launching area for the fireworks display that we oh, didn't know shit. was going to happen. So that you're not supposed to get within like 100 feet of. Yeah. We were literally like in it. So so it was New Year's Eve and we all like everybody smooched the partner. And then all of a sudden it was full metal jacket. <laughs> like, I don't even know what that looks like. It, I'm just I, picturing like a cannonball. Yeah. I mean truly it was just sparks and, and booms all around us. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was bad news. It was bad news. Well, but I'm glad great. you didn't die. I'm glad I didn't die too because you know what? I, then I wouldn't have been able to have this wonderful episode, oh, Karama Brown. What a great episode. I, I, I do want to ask you yeah. because uh, we, don't, we don't get into Queer Eye too much in this uh, interview. If you were – because I think they do – they do uh, yeah, they, they do like uh, makeovers with gay guys in – They uh, do one on this season, yeah. yeah. If you, if you, Dave Holmes, yes. were the Queer Eye Candidate of the Week or yeah. whatever you call them, sure. what would they be – what do you think they'd be tackling? Uh, they would see my workspace and they would take turns slapping me. Like do you remember uh, in Airplane <laughs> when the one woman is freaking out and they just – like everybody lines up to punch her? Yep. It would be that. But they would just keep – they would slap me and then get back in line. Why? What's going, going on in there? It is just very disorganized. Like I personally know where everything is at all times. But to see it, it's just – it's swirling chaos on my oh, desk and all around God. my office. And uh, yeah, it's, it is not it, – it does not – it is not fitting a man of my age. You know what I mean? Like I should really pull yeah. it together but I kind of don't know how. And also just having that space clean makes such a difference in your – in your I know. Peace I know. of mind. I know every you few weeks it. when I do, every few weeks when I when I get through it, I realize that. Okay, I, I so it's that. not always like that, that but it builds up. But yeah, it, it goes back to that almost immediately. What would your what's your def, what's your gay deficiency? Oh, fuck, I don't know. It's so hard. I mean, uh, I, I don't think I have any any light. I, I, maybe Karamo would try to like work out some like father issues with me. Okay, or, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Like this isn't what the show is, but I almost feel like I w- I want there to be like a problematic spinoff. Yeah. Of Queer Eye, where it's like instead of endowing straight guys with these kind of like stereotypically queer uh, characteristics, it's the opposite. Yeah. And gay guys who, like me, don't know anything about sports uh-huh. are, you know what I mean? Like who, who, who check off a lot of kind of like stereotype boxes are learning to uh, to overcome those things. Okay, yeah. Wouldn't that be so a fun you could, show? I think that would be – in, in fairness, Comedy Central did try it like 10 or 15 yeah. years ago. And it, but it was like Feels Artie like Lang and it was just like how to be crowd. gross and whatever. No, but I would love to learn the effortless confidence that – Every straight white male yeah. seems to possess. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I would. I, I'd like to dismantle theirs actually more than I would like yeah. to take it on. But oh, see, I, no, I'd like to. Jo- I'd like to join that little party. But yeah, maybe but both. It's kind of. Yeah, I, I do want. I've said this before. Like, I kind of want to understand sports. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I, 
I, I, I resent that it is this thing that like I don't know. I, I, I just have a lot of complicated feelings about it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I ran away from it when I was a kid yeah. because it was pushed so hard on me. It's fraught. It's and fraught it's issue. It's fraught. And I, and I think it's, it's fraught for a lot of gay guys. And, sure. Um, and, and straight guys. Yeah. I mean, people who paint their face and do all that kind of shit, that's not real. That's not real. That's a, perform- that's a performance yeah. of masculinity. Like that's something – that is – they're talking to their fathers through the television screen. Yeah. You know, when their face is painted green and white. But sometimes I'm like, this looks fun. Yeah, I, I wish I understood what they were doing. Yeah, you know, I I don't know, and I like I when I go back to Ohio, I, I always buy Ohio like t-shirts and sweatshirts and yeah. stuff from their this one store called Homage that I'm obsessed with because they make these really nice like heritagey, vintagey like Ohio things, uh-huh. and then I see people out here and they're like O H, and then yeah. I think you're supposed to go I O, which I think is like an Ohio State <laughs> that is football thing. That is how it is spelled. Th- which yes, so. I mean, no matter what, I'm not getting the spelling wrong. Uh-huh. But part of me is like, oh, I wish I was like more connected to that. Sure. Like I followed the team. I understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe I knew how to play myself. Yeah. I give it a, I give it a good old shake every year at the beginning of baseball season. Oh, you're like, I'm well, going to get into it. Like, yeah. But then it's like, you know, I, I enjoy it when the stakes are high. Uh-huh. And then, you know what? Will, do you know Will Leach? He's a writer. He's a friend of mine. He's a uh, pr- predominantly a sports writer. But he um, – He's like super into baseball and he's from St. Louis and lives in, or lived in New York. I, he threw a party when the uh, Cardinals were in the World Series in 2000 and question mark because yeah. I don't remember. But I, I went to it and it, that was the season that game six was like the big – it went for like 16 innings and it was like super riveting throughout and, and it was like – and it was a must win for St. Louis mm-hmm. and, um, and this – Fucking cutie pie hit a hit a home run and that like you know shifted everything and it was it was a very emotional thing because mm-hmm. for that night I had an emotional connection to it and so I was in this back room at this party that he threw for this game for St Louis people in New York yeah. in one of those cavernous like commuter bars near Penn Station and it was all strangers except for him and. By the end of it, we were all covered in each other's beer, like holding on to each other yeah. and screaming and crying. And it was like – it was really great. And I understood – for that moment, I understood it's it. so fun. I can't make that happen in April. I can only make that happen in October. And Will said something really interesting in a, in a recent column, which is that what he loves about sports is that the most important thing in the world to you that night, you will not remember two days later. Right. So I right, always felt right, right. bad. I was like, I felt like I should be retaining more of this. Like it, I would be more of a pure male if I retained right. all this knowledge. But it all goes away. But the thing is, it's it's all ephemeral. It all goes away. Yeah, of course. So that made me feel a little bit better. And you know, I when people know say like uh, like the Oscars are the gay Super Bowl, I uh-huh. totally relate to that. I never miss it. I yeah. have fun watching it. Everything. But it's also like the longer I live in LA, the more I'm like a little bit disgusted by it yeah. at the same time. And I'm just kind of like. I, I I'm cr- I'm craving like a thing where you have like a shared language with somebody and it yeah. doesn't have anything to do with fucking work shit. Uh-huh. I've got my Real Housewives and that of course is the sure. sports league that yeah goes through everything. But yeah, you know it's funny because I you know I love the Oscars also. I grew up like loving that shit and just awards shows and shows and movies in general, just yeah. all of that shit. But now now living. In Los Angeles and working in media and having people in my life like a Louis Vertel or a Drew Drogi yeah. or whatever who like know everything that ever happened, I am starting to have sports insecurity 
about Oscars. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not into it enough, so what's wrong with me? Like, I'm deficient somehow. As a gay man, like, the same way I feel like I'm deficient as just a male person because I don't paint my face and go bananas over a football game. Like, like, I don't— I'll never be able to keep up. Yeah, like you say, you know, whatever, Glenda Jackson to me, and I'm like, she was in things. And, like, that's— Sure, sure, sure. You know, I'm into it, but I just— I can't— you can't, can't name all the like 15 of Meryl Streep's uh, Academy nominations. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, she can't either, apparently. Well, folks, let's dive in to Lake Karamo. Buckle up for this sexy, sexy. Let the sparks fly, not- you guys. Everybody chill out. Matt, Dave, you need to freshen up your look. Thank you, God. My my facial hair is a mess. It's you know, it's a little stubble. Help me. Yeah. Well, what, how about some high quality products from oh. Dollar Shave Club? Oh, thank well, how about you. that? Yes, please. They deliver everything you need to look and feel and smell. You're very best. Dollar Shave Club has razors, shave butter, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, everything you need to look and smell. And feel your best, including them sweet, sweet peppermint butt wipes. Oh, boy. Minty butt. I believe no, they call them one-wipe Charlies. I Something should like acknowledge that. that. Yeah. You get an amazing high-quality shave every morning from your Dollar Shave Club. Executive razor. It's like the businesswoman special, but for right. your face. Their Dr. Carver's shave butter is amazing. It goes on clear so you can see where you're shaving. It, mm-hmm. is, gonna, it is the best shave you'll ever have. And, and here's the thing. They deliver everything to you. You don't have to ever go to a store. I hate stores. Fuck stores. Oh, boy, oh, boy. So, guys, clean up your bathroom and your morning routine. Join Dollar Shave Club today, and for just $5 with free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shea butter, body cleanser, and one-wipe Charlie. The whole town will be talking about your minty butt. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash homo. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash homo. J-O-U-L-E. It cooks real good food. You put food in a bag, put it underwater, and it gets real good. Yay! That's my jewel chair. Do you like it? You, that's, it's nice that you read the ad verbatim. That's exactly. Said, Dave yeah. Holmes, please do a cheer. Yeah. Spell it out. Uh-huh. Here Fists are the lyrics. were pumped in the air. You guys, yep. I'm sorry you couldn't see that. I have uh, pom-poms, very silent pom-poms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really am super-duper enthusiastic about my jewel. I don't cheer for yeah. just anything. No, you're a real-life user. That's right. And it makes sure my food, my, my food, my food never overcooks, mm-hmm. never Undercooks, it heats it up to just the right temperature so I can focus on my guests. I can whip up some amazing sides. I can take that wonderful uh, cocktail shaker that you got me for my birthday and I can make some uh, some martinis. Oh my God, this is a dream. Do I ever make a good martini? Mm. 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 Guys, there are Mm. more than 100 recipes in the Video Rich Jewel app that helps you cook every protein from your meats, your poultry, your fish, your eggs, your desserts, your veggies, and more. Uh, Seriously, all kidding aside, it like shows you exactly what a good medium rare cut of meat looks like. Yeah. So it's cooked safely. Like when you cut into it, you're like, ah, that looks like the visual doneness guide. And that means you can eat it. Thank you, Jewel. If your guests are running late, if your apps or cocktails are taking longer than you expected, I don't know what kind of party that you're having. If you're doing apps and cocktails and a main course, mm. you are some sort of uh, queer eye, uh, super entertaining genius. But don't worry about it. It's not a problem. Jewel is ready when you are. Your food will not overcook. That is is a Dave Holmes guarantee. (laughs) That's why they say Jewel, perfect food every time. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash Jewel and use the code homophilia to get 15 bucks off. 
for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code homophilia. We're back with Karamo Brown. Yes, we are. And we were <laughs> you saying, mean Heather. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've already fucked it up. Oh, God. Joking, joking. Um, done. So you were saying uh, before we started recording that you used to stalk Dave Holmes? I no, I stalked him. So we met, what was it now, two weeks? A couple weeks ago. Yes, I was already a fan of yours, oh, which I you. came and out likewise. immediately and was like, I love you. I know what you're doing in your career. and um, But then I went home because I was like, I don't know anything about him other than like, this guy I see on TV uh-huh. and through your Instagram, your uh-huh. Twitter uh-huh. interviews, uh-huh. you are very, very discreet. I have what no do you mean? idea. Like, I don't know where you're from. I don't know um, if you're married or single. I don't know if you're gay, straight. Uh-huh. I can tell anything about your life from what you put out there. Oh, wow. Because okay. I remember when I, we met here, we crossed paths here at the studio. Yes. You were here doing Jonathan uh-huh. Van uh-huh. show. And I, re- I thought I, I caught a, a quick moment of you saying to Dave, like, are you, oh, do you have a wife or something? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah, wait, what? wife. What? No, I'm, I, that's, that's funny that you say that because yeah. I just from uh, somebody in my life said you should talk about being gay less. Recently. 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 Yeah. So you're openly gay. Yeah. And you're not, oh, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Telling yeah. you. What Twitter the, of mine are you reading? I'm, I'm, I literally spent are you about. Because sure there's a sportscaster, Dave Holmes. No, it no. It one? was yours. Okay. It was yours. It was yours. Okay. I spent there's a, there's I, I spent a, about an hour and a half, I'm telling you, just going okay. through. All right. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I was just huh. going through all of your stuff well, and you reading. Well, draw, you fucking dodged the raindrops of my overwhelming homosexuality. What? Uh, no, yeah. I want that back now. Okay. Is it possible Listen. you're so inundated with gay stuff that like it doesn't even- Perhaps it, it doesn't. You it doesn't sh- always- Yeah. Literally wrote a whole book about it. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah, you got your your stalking skills could use a little little brushing up. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you that I saw right your book, but bat. it didn't say anything about gay, dude. Just what? Look, I pick Dave, up, pick I told it up, you, turn I told it over. You, you should have. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I, did, I didn't literally buy the book. This okay. is all again through social media. Okay. Right? Right. But now I'm gonna buy it. Okay. You see how Wait, we do this? So Support. what we're learning, first of all, is if you need investigative work done. Do not call Karamo no. Brown. The, the person that you do not call is Heather. <laughs> Heather, Heather, yes. Over here to my left. What, uh, other than my, than, than like selected works of my, my Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> yes. uh, what, what, are you, what are you watching? What are you, what are you listening to? What um, is in the media diet of a Karamo Brown? Uh, everything. I digest all pop culture. Uh-huh. Like, no joke. It's funny because I'm a busy, busy guy, but I still find time to watch so much TV. Yeah. Like, I love scripted. I love non-scripted. Um, I love news. I, I, find, I watch a lot of TV, and people are like, how do you find the time? But when you love – I'm a product of the 90s. I'm 37 years old, uh-huh. and I grew up coming home, doing homework, watching TV. So when I'm working, TV is always on and music's always on. Yeah. So the there's not one thing I can pinpoint – I mean, I just, you know. Okay. Like, yeah. when you go home tonight, what's on the DVR that you're like, got to get to that? Um, what's tonight? What's tonight? Tonight is Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> I had to just sit, yeah. sit here and wait for someone um, else to answer. So it'll be, I, I believe it'll be Chicago PD. Chicago Perhaps PD. Fire. Fire. Yeah. I think PD is tonight. Yeah. See, the thing is that about the dates with the, the DVRs, now I'm screwed because yeah. I don't know what dates things come on. It's just that uh-huh. I sit down. Yeah. Like today before I got here, I went through about 12 episodes of Love and Hip Hop. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the trash. Which city? Um, we're in Atlanta right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And what's happening? 
Um, oh my gosh, Stevie J's going to jail. Okay. Um, see, he has a new version of Jocelyn. Um, his artists are still fighting. He's sleeping with people. I mean, it's it's just a train wreck altogether. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I do you watch that show? I do don't. you both? I no, don't. I don't. But I, I I never even like paid any attention to it until I learned after the fact that Cardi B came out of Love, Love and Hip Hop. Right? Yes, she did. I, I, which, that's that where her. That's where we up. all fell in love with her from. Is yeah. the fact that she was the most authentic person you could ever imagine, and she still is. Well, I because th- I think I just assume without watching it, like, oh, real artists aren't doing these reality shows. It's like people that you don't care about. Well, no, like, every single person be- on all of these reality shows say they want to be an artist, yeah. but there's one or two that are so authentic that the audience just responds to them, and they right. somehow are able to branch out. Yeah, okay. and she's one of them. So where did she start then? What came first? Love and hip hop. Love and hip hop. The chicken or the egg, right? Yeah. So <laughs> was she? Did she rap? Or we could do that? a metaphor: the chicken egg, or I uh, know it didn't work. I was okay. Go somewhere. Well, um, you got to you no, got to no, take a swing. Yeah. No. Um, she was stripping, got on Love and Hip Hop, and then she started pursuing her rap quit career on the show, uh-huh. which then took off. Uh huh. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. Cardi B breaking Cardi records. B, Cardi B uh, uh, twerking, pregnant. I at know. Coachella. That's I know. right. Thank God for her. <laughs> right? Did How do you guys to... feel about that? Uh, about Coachella? No, about um, a woman twerking pregnant. Well, you know, I feel I like it's a woman's choice. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, certainly she's consulted a doctor. I mean, I, I would imagine it's not completely Yeah, as unhealthy. long as she's safe. Yeah. yeah uh, I would I prefer no that to, like, you know, people fucking, you know, playing their kids lullaby versions of Beatles songs. Sure. And then they're born and, they, and you gave them a Ramones onesie. That's abusive to me. You no, know, that's yeah, – Let that's, the child decide. Right. You know? Yeah. I can't. I can't handle. I can't handle that. Are you pro uh, pregnant Cardi twerking, or are you anti? Um, uh, you know what? Cardi B can do no wrong in my eyes. I agree. Yeah. So let's go for it. Anybody who can glow up off of the life she's had, more power to you. Uh huh. And uh-huh. old habits die hard. So you know. What a star. Yeah. A woman is a star. What's on your? Uh, what is on your iPhone that you are listening to, or whatever? Whatever your device uh, of choice. Are you a Spotify? Are you an Apple Music? I'm an Apple Are you Music. A title? I'm an Apple Music. I tried to do title and because I just wanted to be down for the culture and support Jay Z, but mm-hmm. it wasn't happening. Yeah. So I just actually downloaded this guy named Brock Hampton today, uh-huh. who's a queer artist who I love. It's like a boy band. Yes. Um, they're, so, they're a boy band and they're blue in yes. the face, like David Cross on Arrested Development. You're so amazing. Wow. Well, I mean, I saw, you know what? I saw them. He's amazing. He's amazing. And I'm super gay, Karama. Um, they uh, they were recently on uh, on the TRL uh, uh, reboot, yeah, which I said a season pass for, uh-huh. which did not last. It has already come and gone. Uh, but they were they were really you can't tell. I mean, you don't know what anybody looks like because they're all blue. Yeah, meaning like right? blue man group, like they're painted. Yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so you can see from the main photo. Right. Um, but. Yeah, so I just downloaded them, which I love. I think they're amazing. Jake Cole just came up with a new album that uh-huh. I'm really obsessed with. Um, there's this guy named Dennis Lloyd, who I think is awesome, who I'm just obsessed with all of his music right now. Uh-huh. It's very electronic, yet kind of house pop. Yeah, um, Yeah. so my, my taste in music is very eclectic. Can you show us the last search you did for, like, uh, an artist? Sure. If you click search, what's the auto? I mean, the... Um, oh, that's a good the, question. Three, Brockman Hottie. Oh. 
Uh-huh. Um, Brockhampton, which was Hottie, the song. Uh-huh. Um, Beyonce, Give Me Body. Sure. You just uh-huh. needed a fix. <laughs> sure. You were like, I don't have time to scroll through. Just give it to me now. <laughs> I'm actually working on something. My team is closing a deal. And I needed – sometimes when your team is a little bit older and um, they work very hard and I love my team, um, sometimes I need to give them certain references to make them understand how I'm feeling. Yeah. So I will find a clip in a song uh-huh. and send it to them and say, this is the – the emotion I'm going for uh-huh. and give me body <laughs> was, uh, was what it was I was giving. Wow. Uh, are you so willing to you do the same? Are you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, what are yours, Dave? I've just done mine. Uh, okay. And I'll, I'll talk you through the whole thing. Last one, Beyonce, because I was out on a run. Yes! And I needed a boost. Great. Um, and uh, and so uh, Beyonce will always provide a boost. Yes. Back in the early days of the Nike running app, when you could you could do a power song. Yeah. Remember you could do a power song? Like if you really – if you were just like on your last leg and you needed the wind to be at your back. Yeah. Crazy in Love was my first power song. I reached back to the classics. Uh, Casey Musgraves. The yes. new Casey Musgraves album mm-hmm. is fantastic. I right. hear a, yes. an audible gasp. I know. From producer Dana. Unexpected. Yeah. And, uh, and David Byrne, who besides Beyonce was for me the star of the first weekend of Coachella. I don't sure. know who David Byrne is. Uh, the uh, lead guy of the Talking Heads. Former oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Heads. Okay, and got he it. He did got this it. incredible performance at Coachella right at the magic hour. Uh, everybody was in matching gray suits not the big stop making sense gray suits but like you know tasteful yeah. gray suits yeah. and it was like it, it was just a, a beautiful performance so I wanted to listen to his new album good job yeah, like you were saying good. before that it's it's cool to see someone get older and still maintain their own cool yes exactly and he's one of the one he of the he's all, in his lane as I'm getting older and I'm not 40 yet but soon to be there and okay, as so I hang not, out with a lot of yeah but I know but what I was going to say is that as I hang out well, the majority of my friends are in their 40s and 50s yeah. I've noticed that there's been a big shift I can't hang around 21 year olds anymore yeah. um, that I don't we're such a youth obsessed culture that I I hate that like the conversation is even getting older and still cool like I know. We are just cooler. The yes. older you get, the cooler you get. Yes. I mean, that's, yeah. Now your turn. Didn't well, mean to cut you off. You say that, and then uh, these are extremely. Okay, well, this is well, this one's cool. Jamie Lydell. Uh-huh. Jamie yes. Lydell. Uh-huh. Love him. Uh, needed a fix uh, of him this morning on my drive. Okay, and the other two are specific, and they're not indicative of a typical day. Jennifer Aniston and Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> Shockingly, no. I think those got bumped down okay. lower. Simply the words hopelessly devoted to you. Uh-huh. Just wanted Aww. to hear it. And it popped up recently uh-huh. and uh, just wanted to hear it. Yeah. And then the third one is hairspray karaoke, meaning <laughs> I wanted the hairspray soundtrack. Uh-huh. I don't love a lot of musicals. Hairspray, I really like. Really? And there are a couple like Zac Efron songs on there. You can get the instrumental version and you can. You can and be you him. provide that vocal. Yeah. Dave, I just realized why my gaydar was so off with you. Uh-huh. It's because it was eclipsed by you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it just, yeah. It was eclipsed. Hopelessly devoted exactly. and hairspray yeah. nonsense was. By the way, and this is a public service <laughs> announcement to you, Karama, to yes. you, Matt, to the world, to Dana, everyone. Uh, if we love Olivia Newton-John, yes. Juliana Hatfield has just released a full album of Olivia Newton-John covers. Wow. Including Hopelessly Devoted to You, which I think she reprises later in the album. That's Her great. version of uh, Make a Move on Me from the physical album. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mind blowing. She, do- she does Totally Hot. She does Have You Never Been Mellow. Yeah. It is fantastic. It is my pick for this week. We don't really do picks on yeah. the show, but if we did, <laughs> it would that be would be it. This week. Yeah. Do you remember uh, a song from like from your like adolescence that you would just sit 
in your room oh, yeah. and listen to with your door closed and the lights <sighs> down and just listen to over and over? Um, uh, it would have to be something from either Missy Elliott or Janet Jackson. Uh-huh. Um, those are probably the two. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There, there were so many. Like I used, I one of my favorite things to do as a child was to. I know you wanted a, 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 an answer, but there were so okay. many. This is good. This um, is an answer. Yeah, this is okay. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, there, I, I, my favorite thing as a child, which I hate that my sons don't get anymore, uh-huh. is I used to love on Tuesdays going to the record store or going to you know Target or wherever yeah. and getting a CD, yeah. reading the packaging, mm-hmm. listening to it over and over again, having my five player disc CD, and just like, ugh. Yeah. No one does it anymore. No. Well, but you do get that immersive experience from social media, you know, and for, you know, you do, you get to go to genius and like kind of dissect the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. I feel like kids are still having that experience. They're just not doing it in ways that the are best way reflexive for us. The cool way. The cool They're not way. doing the cool. No, no. Yeah. And, you know, from uh, CDs or my generation, my older brothers would say that about me because they had albums. Yes. And albums were so much more about the art because they would open and, you know, you would like sometimes pull out an, a sleeve that had the lyrics on. It and Which you can still do. Yeah. Both of us still do. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, those are my two artists back then that I loved. Uh, uh-huh. Missy was that 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 um I don't know the the one with her very first album that she came uh-huh. out with, Super Duper Fly. Super Duper Fly. Everything about that album just made me feel powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Am thing. I wrong that a an, a Real Housewife of Atlanta recently outed another woman on the show for having had an affair with Missy? Yes. Did I make that up? Or that, no, uh, that happened. did happen. Um, Eve, Eva, who was on America's Eva. Next Top Model, is now on. Um, she won season cycle okay. three. But, but what Real Housewives is she on? On Atlanta. She's a uh, really? she's a friend of. Oh, okay. yes. she's not a, yeah. okay. Well, they I think they're trying to see if she can do it, but yeah. she gotcha. didn't provide a lot. Right. She um, did almost give birth on the reunion. She show. did. Really? She did. Yeah. yeah. She was having contractions in the. Because yeah. uh, okay, because I watched. I guess that was a three part reunion. Here's the thing. I tried. I try. I try to get into the Real Housewives franchise. I can't do it. I I made a vow to my co-host and friend that I would watch this whole season of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So that we're we on have the reunion now. Have you not, I, 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 I got it? two episodes in. I couldn't do it. It was well, a snoozy season. You didn't miss mm-hmm. anything. I couldn't do it. So today, today here here was my thing. Who? Because oh. Lisa, she should have brought the energy. Oh yes. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, I th- there was all this Kanye stuff happening today because uh-huh. he was having a full on Lucian Piani meltdown on, uh, on Twitter and I was and it was stressing me out and I was like oh god I'm probably going to have to have some sort of an opinion about it for work or whatever and yeah. I was like I can't muster one up I need to just relax and one of my favorite things is a Real Housewives reunion show because I, <laughs> did, I never know what they're talking about but they're all done up and they're yeah. like royalty and I don't know their names and I feel like I'm watching Canadian TV because we're like speaking the same language but I don't know what they're saying yeah. and I was like oh it's just been Atlanta like I'll watch the end of the Atlanta reunion and it was the angriest thing I've ever seen in my yeah. life it was just yeah. six women fully yelling at each other. I can't believe every wig stayed on every so head. So I got to tell you, I can't watch Atlanta when it's actually on at nighttime uh-huh. or Love and Hip Hop for that matter. Most reality shows, yeah. I can only watch in the daytime. Does it anger up the blood? Yeah. In the daytime, I'm, I, can, I, I can receive all of that angry, uh-huh. that, you know, the, the arguments and everything. But at nighttime, to digest it, I just tune out. It, I can't go to sleep like that. I yeah. do, um, I've, I've had so many moments where I've been watching The Real Housewives and and we'll get to a commercial break, and I'll be like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't breathe for the last five yeah, minutes. Exactly. Wow, it's a weird feeling. Daytime, wow. daytime, you got to watch it. Yeah, 
Well, the shit was stressful. Yeah, yeah it and is. I it's saw very the very, stressful. Yeah. Did you see the very end with the blonde woman and she was all mad at Andy Cohen? Did we? Yes, yeah, Kim okay. Zolciak. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, she's she bad. had a horrible season. And so, you know. She's and the worst. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I asked about the Missy thing because I'm curious how you feel about about uh, the outing of celeb- so people like that where they're not the, – the closet is sort of – yeah. Disappearing. Well, but I, still, I think know? it's I think it's a little disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, because first of all, you're implying that there's something wrong. Like they did it in a salacious way. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. it was sort of like you have. It's like eh, if we did have a relationship, we would tell you. Um, but secondly, it's no one's business if Missy doesn't want to let us into that part of her personal life. Right. You know, I mean, that's her life. Let's go for it. I mean. So I'm not for it. You know, like no. there's many people I've come across in Hollywood that are not ready to let the public into their life regarding their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I, I, they trust me because it's like uh, who specifically. If yeah, you're exactly. Names. Now I'm going to start dropping names. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, obviously I think everyone should be out of the closet, but I also don't want people out of the closet who don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nobody, see, that, that doesn't I, help anybody. But that out of the closet thing is a very tricky thing because it, it, it makes you feel like you're hiding. I know a lot of people who are not hiding their sexual identity. It's just, you know, just as we all have parts of ourselves, we don't discuss with certain people. I'm not, I have coworkers that I don't discuss things about my family with. Mm-hmm. It's not meaning that I'm hiding my family or I need to come out about my family. Yeah. It's just that you're not a person that I would like to share that part of my life with. And so I, I, I don't, you know, why do celebrities have to come out if they don't want to share that part of their life uh-huh. with others? Yeah, I agree with you. But I also, I think, I mean, I think a lot of people just want to know because they're gossipy monsters. We're nosy. And I'm one of them. But yes. I think there are also people who are like, it, it can make a significant impact. Just, be, you know what I mean? Simply yeah. by, by, by stating it. Clearly and proudly, you know, you can make a difference and we're still at a time that that matters. Listen, I agree. There is – visibility is so important. But I also believe that there are people that are directly in front of us that are very visible that we don't even want to highlight and support and and applaud. So, you know, before we start forcing other people to let us into their lives regarding their sexuality, how about we take a moment to sit back and see the people that we have in front of us that are doing the work and highlighting them and saying thank you for what Mm -hmm. you're doing. Yes. I mean, I go to these award shows and these dinners, and it's the same group of 10 to 15 gay, lesbians, bisexual, trans people. And I'm like, I know there's more of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but we're so obsessed with, when is this person going to let us in? Uh When we're not looking at the person that's right here that's doing work. Exactly. People like you, Karamo Brown. People like you, Karamo Brown. And people like uh, Guy Branham. Do you know Guy Branham? So he, this week... Uh, uh, put up a bunch of things from Out Magazine that are just like, hey, these two rugby players kissed to make a point about homophobia. Yeah. And it's just two hot guys in shorts. <laughs> who are probably right? straight. Who are yeah. uh, 100% straight. And then and then it's, you know, Steve Grant playing a, an acoustic guitar in a thong or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and just the same caption for everyone. It was just just another reminder that I am not hot enough for the gay media to get behind uh, yeah, my yeah. television show. Yes. Like he yes. is in the second season of, an, well, the second half of the first season of an incredibly funny show yeah. that like the gay press is sleeping on because he doesn't have abs and shoulders. 100%. That bums me out. You're, right. You're absolutely right. 100%. Let's, let's lift those people up and let's let create a world that perhaps a Missy Elliott wants to come and join. Exactly. Yes. 
And, That's and, why we're and doing this show. We're solving the problem. It's the truth, though. It's exactly we true. We continue to change the world with this podcast. We get Missy Elliott, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> maybe episode 200. Sure. Listen, you have an open invitation. <laughs> Come in, bring your, bring your rubber suit, <laughs> inflate it, and let us have it. So, um, side note, before we go any further with this, yes. I'm really happy you're gay. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. You're I com- am, too. I have a complete crush on you. And now that oh, I know you're gay, I can tell Cromo. you. Oh, my God. It's like God. legit. Oh, Cromo. That's sweet. It's like legit. Dave is blushing. Oh. No. Um, were we at MTV at the same time? We were not. And if we were, we I had- would have discovered back then you were gay and we would have already right. had kids. Oh. That's so what you already went and did it. Yep. That's oh, what we're going to be talking about that after Sweet the break. Yes. We are. <laughs> do we need to take a break, Dave? Do you need a moment to recover <laughs> from, from that yeah, confession? Right. Need okay. a cold compress? <laughs> Get this pink down? Okay, BRB. Sorry to make it awkward. No, it's I had to share. Oh, I love it. No, I love it. And I'd like to explore that more over the course of this conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome back, y'all. We are uh, we are here with Karamo Brown. Yes. Now we haven't really fully delved into the uh, the MTV thing. We're going to get into your personal life, mm-hmm. but I, but I want I want to talk real world a little bit. Yeah. You were Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. So we did just miss each other. We did. I think I left in 03. Uh huh. Two oh three. Yes. Uh, how was that experience for you? Was it was it disorienting? Was it- oh yeah. But that you know what you know this better than anyone. That was the heyday of MTV. So sure. I mean, I enjoyed every moment of it. Like yeah. you became famous. You were interacting with. Stars, it just was great. Like, and I was, I wasn't even. You were a star. Like, I watched oh, you I, every day. No, but you know, just being on a reality show, I, we'd get invited to these parties, and I mean, it was just like some of the people that you're watching. You know, these boy bands would come and be like, "Oh my gosh, I love you on the show," and you're like, yeah. "What the hell?" And you're 22 years old. Yeah. You're making you know thirty thousand dollars to go to a club. All oh, these personal appearances. Personal oh, appearances oh were great. God. I don't think people, the kids nowadays, make money like that. Uh, I'm sure unless you're like a Kardashian way. or something. Yeah, I think they do, do in they? some way. Yeah, those those YouTube stars. Oh yeah. Well, I'm talking about they're, the reality stars. I meant up. that. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? Um, but anyway, it was great, and also it was the biggest learning lesson. Like to be able to watch myself uh-huh. edited <laughs> in my 20s shifted the man I became uh-huh. because you know, and I recommend that for anyone. Have someone follow you around with a camera for four months oh, wow. and then watch it back. You realize how much of a good person or a bad person that you really are. Uh-huh. What did you learn about yourself? I realized that I was an arrogant asshole. No. Yes. Yes. And I realized I was argumentative. I mean, I just realized so much about myself. And I realized where it stemmed from. You know, um, I, realized, I realized all of it. Mm-hmm. And there was, it's funny watching it back. A lot of people like to say when they see the bad parts of themselves, I was edited that way. But you can't be edited unless you give it. Sure. Right, you know what I mean? Right, sure. And so I realized I took a step back and said those things came out of my mouth. Yeah. And do I want to those things to continue to come out of my mouth? And uh-huh. so I was happy. 
So what do you do from there? Do you go to therapy? Do you, you do just... lines of cocaine? Really? Which is what sure. I did for oh. about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I didn't have the emotional depth to be able to fully explore that. Uh-huh. So it was lingering. I, I was conscious of it. But, like, there was no one around me to say, now that you've had this realization, these are the ways that you work through it and these are the ways that you get better. So I became more destructive, mm-hmm. but destructive for myself. So I stopped being destructive for other people. I just destroyed myself of going out, doing coke every night drinking. Um, How long did that go on? About two years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's also called your 20s. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I was doing yeah. that and nobody paid me to go to the club. I know. <laughs> I wasn't on TV. Unlucky you. <laughs> um, yeah. Were you were you dating up a storm back in that uh, time of your life? Did you, did you clean up? No, actually, I didn't. It's the weirdest thing. I have a very particular taste in guys. Hi, oh, Dave. Oh, uh, he was looking for Dave Holmes for two years in the oh, clubs. I'm joking. I'm joking. Right I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I didn't actually. Um, I, I, I was so high that really? even if I would have wanted to do something, I don't think I probably could have gotten aroused not to give too many details. It was yeah. like, so I literally just became the guy who was the friend inviting people over, uh-huh. using the money I would get from the clubs to say, oh, come to my house. I bu- I'll buy food and drinks and, you know. Yeah. So, so you were the facilitator. The facilitator. Wow. Yes. Okay. So what happened at the end of that two years? How did, you, how did you get out of that phase? Becoming a father. Yeah, so, okay, so you yes. mentioned your family. Yes. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, last girl I did in high school when I was 15, she got pregnant. Uh-huh. Um, she moved away. This is 1995, so the internet is not what it is now. Cell phones are not what they are now. When she moved, it was like, great, you're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't think about her ever again. I mean, I thought about her, but you know how it was. Sure. Um, did you know that she had become pregnant? Did not. Uh-huh. Did not have a single idea at all. Uh-huh. You know, we had slept together. Obviously, weren't using any protection. Um, and I came out shortly after. Uh-huh. Like, I, you know, so the thought of her being pregnant or a girl that I dated being in my life was not around because I was like, I'm gay now. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just went on with my life. I went to college, um, did the real world. Life was good. And then coming home from an event, um, an MTV spring break event, there was a stack of papers on my back, uh, my doorstep for back child support for oh this God. now nine, almost 10-year-old child that I did not know existed. Holy cow. So yeah. what did you do? Sober your ass up, right? Uh-huh. Um, so you were you were down there with uh, with Fat Joe or something yes. in Cancun. <laughs> yes, it was actually board shorts, it was actually little storm. it was little Mo, little Mo, and little Mo, and um, <laughs> oh my gosh, this this is that spring break was great, and Cisco was there. Oh, of course, the, the Dong Song was already done, the sure. height of it, but he was still oh he'll show performing. up opening of an envelope. And, yes, um, and also um, it, not Nick Carter. What's his brother's name? Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Carter. Carter. Yes. That's Aaron the older Carter. one, right? No, it's the younger That's one. The... Oh, no. So it was Nick Carter. So Nick was there. Performing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So coming home and as I saw the papers, I actually thought that I, they were doing like a real world version of Punked sure. because that's the height of, you know, Ashton and that show. Yeah. And so I like went to my car and like looked in the mirror and prepped myself to be camera ready. Holy yeah. Because I was like, they're going to be inside. Sure. I got to look good. Yeah. And when I walked inside, my the lights were off. No one was in there. And um, I looked at the paperwork and saw her name, which I hadn't seen since I was 15, my name, and then my son's name, which she had given my last name. And it just was like, what in the hell um, is going on? Wow. And there was a range of emotions. I was sad, confused, angry, kind of happy. Like, you know, I never thought a kid could be an option. Uh Um, 
And, you know, it was too late at night, so I couldn't call anyone. So I had to sit on that information for myself uh-huh. and just sat there pacing and, you know, um, ordered a baggie and got some drinks and just, you know, tried to process it by myself, sure. you know. Whatever works. <laughs> yeah. How then did you come to meet your oldest son? Sure. So that next Monday, um, I called the court. They said, you have to come here because we can't give you your information. Uh-huh. Um, called my parents and they were like, you're coming. And I was like, great. They bought me a ticket and um, went home and went through a three-week period of going through DNA tests and all that stuff to confirm. They finally called me after three weeks of being in Houston and said, um, we got the results, went to this window, this woman gave me a piece of paper, said, you're the dad, next. And on that piece of paper was my son's mother's name, her address, she didn't have a telephone number. So I had to just show up at her doorstep. So I mm-hmm. literally knocked on her door, doorstep and she opened the door and we were both transported back to being these little 15-year-old kids. It oh was as God. if... It was crazy. So and what 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 did she say? I mean, she um, you know again, uh, I have to remember remind people that we were kids, so yeah. the adults around us made the decisions, mm-hmm. um, and so she her mom made the decision. And as time passed, she didn't know how to get in touch with me, and she just thought it's better that you know I probably will deny the child, you know whatever. She went she put up all these narratives that people around her put in her head. All the adults. He's not going to want you. He's not going to be around. It's been too long. He's going to hate you. Mm-hmm. So she just went along with it. And um, I said, how's our kid? She said, he's good. He's in the fourth grade and he's doing well, um, having a little discipline problems. I said, can I meet him? She said, she'll be home. He'll be home in three hours. Um, I said, okay, I'll go to a food court and wait and I'll be back. And I went to a food court and waited until he was out of school and popped back up at the door and met my son what for is the in first your, time. What is in your head? And your soul in, during that three hours in a, in a outside a hot dog on a stand. Uh, I know exactly because <laughs> outside actually outside a panda. Oh, um, sure, sure. Yeah, um, it was. What am I doing? Am I making the right decision? Uh-huh. Um, because at this time, even though I was being destructive myself, the reality fame was still enough that I was able to sustain myself. And so I I knew I had to walk away from that if this was going to be an option. Um, And also I was just thinking, I'm young. Am I ready? I'm 26. Do I have the courage? Do I have the knowledge to give to him? Uh Is he going to hate me? Is he going to – there was a lot of – you know, my mind just was running over and over again. And then there was moments of like when I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to be like a dad. like. I'm going to have a little brother. And I remember catching myself saying that. Um, I'm going to have a little brother. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have a son, you know. But that shows how young I was. And, you know, um, and I just, again, blind courage, just walked up and met him. When I did meet him, um, I will tell you this, it was part of my soul that Uh I didn't realize why I was doing so much destructiveness to myself, just healed immediately. It's like I saw myself and I saw what the possibility of my life could be, what his life could be. And it just, I I literally stopped everything seeing him. It was like Uh done. Um, And I found out that he had watched me on Real World. Uh-huh. So he had already knew who I was because his mother's sister said, that's your dad. So his first, you know, react or meeting of me was through the TV. And he actually had clippings of me from newspapers because he was collecting stuff for this guy that people had told him was his father. Um, and and did, did you and the mother have – before you met him and got to know him, did you have a plan going in? Like I'm coming home to just meet him and see how it goes? Or no, like, it was literally – 
I'm on your doorstep, come back in three hours, no plan, no conversation. I think she was as stunned as I was. Yeah. I didn't have a plan. I was too young. Um, people around me, my mom, my sisters were giving me ideas of what I should do. But I got to be honest with you, all of it was just in one ear, out the other because it wasn't happening to them. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so as much as they were trying to give me advice until I met him, I couldn't take your advice. Mm-hmm. You know, they're saying, well, you got to do this. and You got to do this. And I'm like. I don't even know what, how tall he is. You know, I don't know yeah. anything. So I, you, yeah. And there is no, there are no guidelines. No guidelines yeah. at all. At yes, all. At all. Um, and wow. so the funny part is that our first night, that night, once I met him, I took him to a bowling alley uh-huh. in Texas, and I didn't realize it was near to next to Rice University. So it was a college bowling alley. So I care in walks Karamo from the real world and from the challenges, oh. and they're like, "Dude, let's take shots and let's oh all this stuff." God. And I'm like, "I'm here with my son," and um, he, he tells the story great, especially from his perspective, because he was like, "Oh, my dad's famous," yeah. and. He doesn't have time for me. And like, and I'm telling people, like, I'm here with my son. They're like, no, you're not. You're the gay dude from real world. You're not. You don't yeah. have a kid. And um, I remember one girl tried to grab him. And I went into father protective mode. And yeah. I was like, do not grab my child. And I was like, all of you get away from me. My son. And I just was like. Holy I, obviously, I was probably coming off some like residuals of the cocaine that was in my system because <laughs> I'm angry for way too, you know. And but it was like I got to protect my child. And you know, that night I dropped him off the house, and he had told me that um, he didn't do his homework because we had went out. Uh-huh. And again, I was like, "No, you're supposed to do homework. You got to do homework." And you know, we just saw each other every day after that. And about six months in, I asked her. He started doing really well if he could come and move in with me. Uh-huh. And she said, you know, you can give him a better life. Your family has opportunities. You're all college grads. Yes, as long as you keep our family together, you can move in with you. And um, she helped me petition for full custody. And now I have a oh my God. son. Wow. And I've had him since then. He's now 21 and still in my house in, yeah, in the valley. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so you moved back to Houston? Yes, I did. So I moved back. Um, I wasn't supposed to stay for long, but after she and I made the decision, I decided to stay almost two more years there, which I'm glad because it really got rid of all the toxic people that were here. It allowed me to get back to doing what I did. I was trained, um, got my license as a social worker. It just allowed me to become the adult that I should have been, except for the fact that real world turned me into this like party monster yeah. um, and so I also didn't want to rip him away from his the family he knew and I wanted him to know my family and they were all in Texas so I stayed longer got a job there and but I also realized divine fate that was because his little brother went through some issues and they were going to remove him from the house and because I was a social worker I was a safe placement he stayed he was supposed to stay with me for three weeks which turned to six months and then he was doing so well that I went to her and said you mind if I have him too? And she uh-huh. was like, "Sure." Oh and I became a father too. And How old here, is he now? He just turned um, eighteen. Now you know I've been stalking you on Instagram. Have now, so you I've seen these? Because I was, I've been wondering because I did not know the uh, the full story. I'm yes. so excited to start glad to have stalking. that filled in. Wow. There's all this stalking. I'm telling Why you. Why didn't you slide in it's the so DMs? Easy. Just like I'm just saying. Like that. Didn't I say hi? Also, no. I'm with somebody 13 years. So, so am I. Okay. I didn't say we were having right. sex. Yeah. I just wanted the, the validation. Okay. Wow, you took it there. Oh. Wow. Oh, oh, Karamo right. just stormed out. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Good job, right. Dave. Brown. So how is dating in Houston with two children? Um, I didn't date at okay. all. 
I didn't date. My focus was to be a father. Uh-huh. It was like now I don't have any distractions. I need to be a father. And I immersed myself in fatherhood like you can't imagine. I probably went a little overboard because I like got every book and I was like, I got to be the best father. Yeah. Um, it was more so trying to balance like quickie one night stands with kids in the other room and sure. making sure, uh, you know, I, I, it, yeah, that was more so it. And trying to still be young enough to go to parties, but knowing that I had to, you know, make breakfast in the morning and pack lunches and take them to school. So it was a balancing that. Um, so I didn't date anyone. And then right before I was moving back to California eight years ago with the kids, I met a guy. Uh-huh. And uh, he and I have been together since, and he's the only man my kids know. Wow. Really? You moved here together as no, a family. No, he, he was no. already here, oh, he was already and here. I was already here. moving here. And so I introduced the kids to him. And, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my God. God. Yep, Did, yep, yep. So you just dove right in. Yep. Do you all want to see my baby daddy? Yes, I do. Please. And um, how did they – what were the conversations around like just what gay is, what it means to have a gay dad? Was that ever an issue? To be honest with you, no, because they watched me on the real world. And right. also – so they already had an understanding. Um, yeah, and it – so there was no conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just were, I don't have any service in here, so I'm trying to load photos. Um, and my youngest, he sort of just was acclimated. I, I will say that there was issues with their friends and, you know, teachers who had maybe homophobic things to say or had comments. But I taught them very early on that this is not your battle to fight, uh-huh. which gave them such relief that dad didn't want you to fight these battles. Uh-huh. And um, it, it it actually turned them into advocates because I didn't force them to fight my battles. Right. So they got to choose too. They got to choose. And wow. so they're great. That's my baby daddy. Oh, cute. Uh, I might have a type. Come on. I have a type. Yeah, you do have a type. I do. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. That's why I was talking, Dave. I have a type. So eight years you guys have been together? Eight years. My baby daddy, I'm in love with him. Is there going to be a wedding? Has there been a wedding? Listen, every big moment in our relationship has been because of me from moving Kids moving in together, starting a business, do, like doing all these things. It's all me yeah. that I told him if we're getting married, you got to do it. Um, but he has so much anxiety around that stuff because, uh, you know, he's like, well, I know you want something spectacular. And I'm um, so. Do you want something spectacular? Um, yes. No, joking. Okay. I, actually, <laughs> yes. I, I literally have a folder in my um, that's called wedding where I'm already oh planning God. wedding stuff. Are you stuff. one of these Pinterests? Oh, I'm no. not a Pinterest, but I guess I could be. But I do have a wedding folder. There might be a Pinterest lady inside of you. There is. Um, look, look at this. Literally, a wedding folder. Oh, and there's my photos. God. Like I found this photo online, and I was like, I want that white cape for my wedding. Oh, come wow. on, you that? you're on some Siegfried and Roy. I know, that's right there. But why can't if Beyonce can have fans everywhere she goes? Why can't I have a cape that flows behind me when I finally get married? Nope. It's not too much to ask. It's your special thank day. You. It's so, thank you. So your special day. A proposal is imminent, is what you're saying. Basically. If he man's up. Okay. Yeah. What about you? 13 years? Yeah, we're just, we kind of don't Got it. want it. Yeah, Got I mean, it. we're like, we're very happy with the with the relationship the way that it is now. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know. I think there's, um, neither of us wants kids, you know? So mm-hmm. kind of what's the point? I don't I want any more, so I'm, I'm no. with you. I'm you with it. you, brother. You get it. What about you? How long have you two been together? Four and a half years-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are starting to ask questions, you know? I mean- we just moved into a house together. 
I don't know. We both work a lot. It's hard to imagine taking on a, a massive project like that. But I don't think yeah. either of us are scared of it in terms of like the commitment aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, right. I think it's just like oh, doing the fuck. thing. When do we do that? I don't know, we, our families? Well, you know, a lot of um, um, people in the LGBT community, because it hasn't been an option for mm-hmm. so long, especially our age or older, are like, well, why? You know? And that's yeah. how he felt because he's 10 years older than me. And it was like, uh, what's the point? You know, we're happy. What's the point? But for me, I want it. I want a ring. Yeah. I want I want uh, an engagement party. I want mm-hmm. a wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the first dance to, if I may ask? Um, Stevie Wonder. Um, mm-hmm. You and I. You and I. Okay. I approve. Thank you. I want this to happen. Thank you. What Propose, is the what secret to eight years plus? Um, communication and honesty. So the first... Day we day we went on a date. I said, "If you ever lie, or if I ever lie, we should break up." Um, because I had been in long term relationships. Obviously, I've been out since fifteen, and um, I realized that one small lie or big lie, you know, sometimes however you want to quantify it, is just going to spiral. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. I would rather us be honest with each other and either communicate through what we want or how we're feeling. And a part of that is my training, so I know how to navigate those conversations. But, you know, for me, it was very important. And so he is my best friend because we have no secrets. So like the day I met Dave, I went home and I was like, oh, my gosh, Dave Holmes is so fucking sexy. Karma, you, you and uh, and he was like, great, you know. And there's not a jealousy there or anything. It was like, I can be That's honest with you. That's where you lose me. That's where you lose me. <laughs> yeah. See, no, I'm telling you. Because, like, literally, like, the thing is, is that if I held that in my mind and created something more devious behind it, uh-huh. that's when there's an issue. Yeah. This is just transparent, open conversations. Like, yeah. I'm, we're, I'm not disrespecting you in the sense of, like, oh, I, we, we're, you know, it's just. Uh-huh. And when he says to you, like, oh, my God, that guy was so hot, you don't feel pangs? You don't feel. No, because every night I'm sleeping next to him. And now if, if there was something where he got his number or if he I did something else, which I know he wouldn't, um, then maybe I would feel a certain way. Yeah. But we're all human beings. And why, as we get older, do we have to pretend like someone's not beautiful or we can't, you know, it's, it's the act. Yeah. That goes behind the compliment. And there's no act that follows that. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. I think it's scary to me because I, so it's. There are so we have so few role models for long term gay relationships, especially monogamous ones. And I'm in one, would like to stay in one that it feels like, oh, God, but if I if if I let it in a a crack, is it you know what I mean? Is the dam going to break? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah, I do. But no, exactly. No. It's again, that's that's some internalized fear. Mm -hmm. And you got to really think about where that came from. You know, what messaging that did you get Mm -hmm. that has made you feel that that crack is going to cause this bigger issue? And, you know, that starts, first of all, with yourself Mm -hmm. thinking about that and then having a conversation with him. That's exactly right. Oh, God. Not for nothing. Are you the culture (laughs) expert? (laughs) I know. For queer eye. Getting a free queer eye. That's the thing is that, like, that's one of the great things about being in a same-sex couple. You get to uh, wear each other's clothes. Yes. And sometimes you, like, have a crush on the same guy. Or you don't and you talk about it or whatever. You know what I mean? 
I'm can... wearing all of Michael's clothes today. All right. <laughs> See? He doesn't wear mine. The, the one thing I do get annoyed about with that clothes thing is that now we're starting to dress alike. And I'm like, yeah. come on, dude. We can't freaking look alike all the time. Yeah. You need your own identities, for God's sake. But it's happening. We can't help it. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Well, I hope he hears this. Yeah. And I hope that we see uh, a big old ring Mm -hmm. on your Instagram page. Spurs him into action. Yeah. Hopefully. We like him. We root for him. Yes. His name is Ian. Uh Uh-huh. Ian, what are you waiting for? Come on now, Ian. (laughs) Karamo, this has been so much fun. What a delight. Please come back and do this again. Any day. The door is always open. By the way, next time I come back, I'm going to do this, though. Oh, Karamo. He's doing the thing where he puts his chin on his knuckles. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. I have hard eyes. Karamo. Karamo. Karamo, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is a delight, and and thank you so much for everything you're doing on Queer Eye. We didn't even talk about it, but what a fucking great show. It is. Spectacular. We're proud of it. No big deal, but I think you guys might be healing the soul of America. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Nobel so. Peace Prize. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Examinant. No big deal. Uh, thank you for being here. Now I'm going to pepper you. you with questions about the challenge. Yes. While we take a break. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Dave, did you know oh boy. that in my uh, acting days, not to brag, no, I did not. I was in a little production of Boys in the Band. I did not know that. In West when? Hollywood, of oh. the Coast Playhouse. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say like you did a sixth grade version of it. Yeah, sure. Cool. Uh, this very, very dark play about uh-huh. uh, gay men like uh, like fighting and uh, crying their eyes out. At okay, a party. so wait, so you were in Boys in the Band? I was in, in West Boys Hollywood. In, the band in West Hollywood. Oh, it was with who? a dream come true. Daryl Stevens. Oh, uh, who we'll definitely have on the show. I hope a bunch so. of other great people. Uh huh. Not to be confused because. It, I know that it sounds very similar to uh, to the boys in the band that's uh, currently on Broadway. Oh, so they did not just transplant your performance from West Hollywood and put it right on Broadway? Shockingly, no. Although I'd like one? to think that the that ten year old production inspired this one. You don't know which of the cast members might have been in that audience. Well, look, this strictly limited engagement. It stars. Uh, four-time Emmy winner Jim Parsons, mm-hmm. Emmy nominee Zachary Quinto, Golden Globe winner Matt Bomer, your dear, dear friend, Very and two-time Tony uh, nominee Andrew Rannells. Uh-huh. The New York Times says the boys in the band is a gripping experience, often screamingly funny. That I did not get that particular review. <laughs> okay. And the AP says it's one of the few plays that can honestly claim to help spark a social revolution. Well, this new production of uh, Mark Crowley's uh, landmark work is directed by two-time Tony Award winner Joe Mantello. Uh, Tuck Watkins. Oh, I've that's had a crush right. on that dude for some time now. Yeah, it's a dream Glad he's getting his due. I think I need to make a, a New York trip specifically to go out there. And then afterward, Perfect. I'm going to try to meet them and give them some notes and say, guys, here's how we did it at the coast <laughs> in 2010. <laughs> just real – just I have I have sheaves and sheaves <laughs> of notes for you. Uh, well, you will get your chance when performances begin April 30th for 15 weeks only. Tickets are available at boysintheband.com. Dave and Karama. Stop it. in a booth. We're both in a a recording booth. (laughs) We are both very happy in our relationships. It was so great having him around, though. Yes, this was really, really fun. It was a fun night. uh, What a a great guy. And what a great show, you guys. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're already watching Queer Eye. You better be. Watch it some more. Thank you for making it this far into our show. Yes. Um, Get yourself a jewel sous vide if you haven't already. That's right. Uh, Dana Wickens, thank you. Thank you. Anderson, thank you. Ben Weiss, thank you. Thank you, Dave Holmes. Thank you, Thank you, sweet dog sleeping at my feet. <laughs> uh, and we'll uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
to use my jewel. Oh. I make real good food for my guests and sometimes just myself. Ooh. I love my jewel because I get to use a baggie. I put some meat in it, put it underwater. That's my other song. It's not, it's not quite finished. I wanted, I wanted to know what happens after you put it underwater. The shit tastes good. Yeah. Yep. Jewel, perfect food every time. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash jewel. Use the code homophilia to get 15 bucks off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code homophilia. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.